Hello, everybody, and welcome to Chits and Chat. I am Kaz Gable. I'm Alex Cruzy. And today we are off to Victorian era depression. <laughs> and uh, um, I'm not sure where we're off to, but we're off to meet some people, some very depressing and, and mean, terrible, terrible people. And uh, we have ill intent against them in the game, the card game Gloom. Uh, Gloom is a card game, uh, unlike really any card game I've ever played, <laughs> it's it's a game where each player represents a terrible, terrible family. And instead of being on their side as their player, you want that family to live a horrible life and then die. <laughs> because they deserve it, by God. <laughs> and... The other players are trying to create better experiences for your family so they have happy lives and then die as well Um, because they don't want you to be able to punish these people for their cruel deeds. They want their own family to be punished for their cruel deeds. Uh, It's an interesting back and forth. It's a very funny tongue-in-cheek game, and the theme art are all great. It's also known – you may have seen this game because it's it's that game that is done in plastic clear cards – with only the text and some certain modifier things on it in uh, solid colors. Uh, so it has a very unique art style, and it stands out on a table as just kind of a eye-catcher for sure. So let's talk a little bit about how we play Gloom in detail, and then we'll get back into more of our thoughts about the game itself. All right. Uh, in the game, each person will start with the family that they have, which is five members of their family. Um, they all have their own unique names and weird attributes to them. They will be placed so that they, the portrait in the center is face up. Uh, the opposite sides all have a, uh, it's like a skull, and I think I get a raven on top of a skull to indicate that they, they have died. So that since none of them have died yet, they should all be face up uh, and placed so that everyone can kind of see what's going on. <clears throat> and every person is then dealt five cards. Uh, These cards, there are basically three different types of cards that can be in this deck. Uh, They are either um, just modifier cards, which tend to be most of the cards. They are event cards, uh, which happen a few times here and there. And then the untimely death cards, which are the really important ones that you need in order to kind of finish this game off. Uh, every person is, again, as I probably mentioned, but hopefully hopefully I did, uh, five cards. Uh, on a player's turn, they have basically two cards they can play, and then they draw back up to their, to their hand allotment of five. Or they don't draw any cards at all. <clears throat> um, on the, essentially, the two cards that you can play, the first one, uh, there is no limit to what you can play. You can play any card that you feel like. The second card that you play can be anything except an untimely death card. So you're never allowed to play something on a character and then play an untimely death afterwards uh, unless you have some special thing that allows you to do that. Uh, Otherwise, the only time you can play an untimely death is the first card that you play. Uh, The the cards, basically all the, as I mentioned, those three types of cards do slightly different things. Uh, The modifier cards get played onto a character. And I say a character, not your characters. You can play these cards on any character that you wish. The modifier cards also have, as you would think, some modification to them. Uh, it could be a few different things. It could either be a modification thematically. Uh, it could, and, and largely, it's modifications to their overall happiness. Uh, a majority of these cards will have negative values, uh, and if if you look on the card, they're positioned to the left side. So- 
<coughs> excuse me, to the left side, uh, and there are three different locations, kind of the higher one is usually smaller numbers. The middle one tends to be a bit, it's it's based on rarity actually, I think is what it is. So the higher ones tend to be a bit more common. Uh, the middle one a little bit more rare and the lower one tends to be very rare. Uh, basically it's giving different ways because as uh, Chuck pointed out, these are clear cards so that they're gonna overlap each other. So it's possible a previous modifier will adjust a, a a previously played modifier card, or it might not affect it at all because you can still see through the card. So it's just like, oh yeah, that negative 10 from before is still there. But if I place this one on top of it, it's gonna cancel out the negative five, but it's also going to add a negative 20 and also a negative 10 over here. So it's probably better that I play this, but I might lose some thematic thing that happens uh, with, with the different cards. Uh, and sometimes you want to have cards. So for example, some cards, if you have them on the top, uh, there's a little description on the bottom and it says, oh, you can, you get to have extra cards in your hand. So you might adjust how many cards you can play, or it might actually hurt you. It might lower how many cards you can have in your hand, or it might change the way you can play un untimely deaths, or it might allow you to get extra points at the end, depending on what certain symbols are showing on different cards. Uh, that is basically the untimely death, no, I'm sorry, the modifier cards. The event cards have red text uh, and they have no modification symbol. You will just play them into the group discard and you'll just basically do whatever they say. For, so for example, it might say, you may play up to two additional cards this round. Uh, they must be untimely deaths or modifiers with negative points or pathos uh, on them. So basically, there are different things that just kind of allow you to do maybe a few extra things, a few bonus things, or do things that you normally wouldn't be able to do. Uh, and then the last and most important cards are the untimely death cards. Again, you can only play those in the first half or if there's some special event or special uh, modifier that you have that allows you to play them at a different time. They basically will kill off your character. You're only allowed to play those on characters that have a total negative value. If they have a, a positive value at all, because some of them do have positive values and you usually will save those to play on other people's characters uh, so that they don't die quite as fast. Uh, then they will die. Once they die, as I mentioned, you will take that bottom character card, you will flip it over to indicate they are dead, and now they are gone. The game will end once one person is able to kill all of their characters, all five of their characters. Um, once that happens, the person who killed all their characters isn't necessarily the winner. It's the person who has the total lowest amount of points, and it only counts dead characters. So the person who killed all of their characters will add up the total of their negative points or add up their total of points. I think it is technically possible to have ones that have positive deaths uh, if you have just the right cards to play on them. Uh, so it is possible you don't do so well. Anyone else will just count their dead characters, so it is still possible to win even if you didn't kill all of your characters as long as you have a low enough score. Uh, and after that, uh, that that's it. That's the end of the game. Uh, the interesting part, and, and they do say this in the rules, uh, or at least what makes up half of the game, is when you play these cards, you're kind of supposed to get into character. Uh, so when you play something like, oh, uh, he fell down the stairs, you kind of have these stories going for each of the characters. So it's just like, oh, yeah, he, he, he did have the flu and, you know, 
it was it was pretty bad but then all of a sudden he f- fell in love with a neighbor and so you're like placing something on on one of your other opponents and making it oh now the story continues and that's kind of half the fun of this game is making those stories um so and, and honestly if you don't play with that uh, it it kind of makes the game a little bit more lackluster i i, I i'm not a big like story driven person or thematic person as we found out but with this game i actually think it makes makes the game uh, but yeah, that's it. Yeah, I'd agree with that too. I think it's really fun to, um, uh, yeah, g- just follow those <laughs> depressing storylines, or or they're not even depressing; they're just like hilariously like um, uh, comedy of errors type of storyline, or just tragic. Yeah. That's yeah, it's hilariously tragic. There we go. <laughs> um, to create kind of like that narrative of them, and then they die. <laughs> it's just sort of like just horrible. horrible. But Duke Gloom, yes, Gloom is a really fun little game. But when it came out a few years ago, uh, oh, you know what? I didn't do this uh, at all. I totally missed this. Gloom came out in 2005. Uh, it was designed by Keith Baker, art by Michelle Nephew, J. Scott Reeves, and Todd Remick, and published by Atlas Games. Um, it plays in about 60 minutes, and people rate it. It's rated at 13 plus, but of course, the community says no, 10 plus. I would agree with that. Um, and yeah. weight is 1.63. <clears throat> um, all that sounds uh, like on the money to me for this game. It's it's definitely a very accessible game. <clears throat> oh, excuse me, I need some water or something. It's definitely a very accessible game, and it is a, um, the uh, yeah. I, I think it's pretty broadly applicable to anybody. It's a nice game for a game night as to like warm up or play between games or a filler game. Uh, it also is a nice small package, which is great for our series because you can just take it out and throw it in a pocket or into a uh, bag very, very easily, uh, and it transports well. Uh, but yeah, Gloom is fun. I, I really like Gloom a lot. I've, I don't play it a ton, but I have I have played it a ton over the years, I guess. But I don't like it doesn't come up. But I always it's always on my mind. Around this time of year, of course, when we get into Halloween, I think if you ever have a game group that's looking for like a series of like spooky games or Halloween air type games, as we're getting closer to October, this is a this is a great one to throw on the table because it is uh, very short and it definitely <laughs> definitely takes that theme and does it really well. So, yeah. what is your what's your experience with playing with Gloom and how people um, get? Uh, I don't know. Are they are they into it? Or are they not? Uh, what's the player counts you've done with this game? I've played I've played a few two player games with my wife. I actually this is one of the first few games that I, I started to get into when I really started to getting into um, board games. This was one of those games that we'd play during lunchtime at work. Um, it's it's a really I really enjoy the game, um, and given the fact that it's one of the few games where I really get into the theme of it. Um, I find it one of those interesting, quirky games. My wife is not a huge fan of this game. I oh. think I'm. I'm not sure if it's. I don't think it's the theme. I think it's more. She doesn't really know when she should be playing something on her own stuff or when she should be playing something on my stuff. Because there mm-hmm. are there definitely is h- hard decisions to be made. It's just like. All right, I could play this on mine, but chances are they're probably going to counteract it or something like that. Or maybe I should be busy screwing them up with their stuff or oh gosh if i do this here maybe i maybe i should be playing on this person rather than on this person because i don't know i probably can kill them off faster but it's not going to be a great score and she doesn't quite love that another thing is it does require being able to see across the table 
Uh, mm. There are a, a lot of small things. So it's like you're doing a lot of little bit of math. It's just like, okay, that's the 10, that's minus 20, so that's 30. If I kill that now, then I'm over by 20, and but I'm not going to be able to kill off the next guy until at least two more rounds from now type of a thing. And so it, it, makes, it, a, it, it makes it a little bit difficult. And I think that's part of the reason why she doesn't love this game. I really like it. I don't get to play it that often, uh, but I've played it with, I think... I don't think I've played it with a full allotment of six, uh, but I have played it with five, and I really do enjoy it. Although, uh, if we do get up into those higher player counts, uh, one of the things the game does suggest is that you remove maybe one or two family members, just because it, the game can get a little bit longer with the more players that you have. It's harder to kill that many characters, uh, so you can kind of reduce the, the, the time it takes by just reducing the amount of people you have to kill in your own family. Uh, which yeah. uh, I, I tend to do. In fact, I tend to do with a two-player game just because my wife isn't a huge fan, but when she does play, it, it plays a little bit quicker if you're playing with, with four members of a family rather than uh, five members. And with a, maybe if the full allotment of six, I wouldn't see anything bad about playing with just three members of family. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask you that because I've only played this with like two or three. So as you get in the higher player counts, how does the game change? Does it Because it's, it's pretty silly chaos in general is that you're you know you throwing cards on your own guys and then on trying to make the other characters happier um and so what is the what is your experience with like how the vibe and the chaos changes it is it still as fun at all player counts is there an ideal like count that you've played with uh i personally i find that like three and four is really good you kind of have a nice mixture of like different stories that you hear um, the, the kind of vibe around the table fits pretty well. Five and six isn't that great, just because you're you're tr- usually if you're doing well, there's probably someone who can play something on one of your cards before it gets back to your turn, because that's kind of like the important part. Since you can only play untimely deaths as your first card, all the bad stuff you're gonna do, you're waiting until your next turn to actually kind of close off that book uh, and finish it off. So if they're playing a six-player game, uh, unless there's someone else doing better than you, uh, or, at, or 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 to put it more thematically, someone doing worse than you, right. uh, then it you're you're waiting and hoping. All right, I hope they don't play some other modifier that screws up exactly what I'm trying to do here, because I have this untimely death that I want to play on here, and in fact I don't want to have to try and get rid of mod because if I play this untimely death, I get extra points because there's a special thing on the bottom that gets me more points because I have this other symbol on the card, and having more players makes you have to. I don't, for me, it makes it more tense. And the one thing I hate about games is when I'm like, I have this perfect thing I need to do on my next turn, and I'm just waiting for other people to go. And if they're taking really long time on their turn, it makes just it just screws that that in just a little bit tighter. I'm like, come on, just make your move already. Why, why are you doing this to me? This hurts. And I'm just like, I can feel myself cracking up. Uh, but um, yeah, it makes it a little bit more tension wise, I guess. I I think i'd prefer it at three and four uh which is i think personally my sweet spot yeah yeah i could see that i like three it was a real fun time and i, I like this playing for two or playing at two um but uh yeah gloom so the other question i had for you is um how would you rate i was thinking about this before we started recording like what's your thoughts on the luck versus skill of this game because there's a lot of luck because it's drawing cards but there is definitely skill here in the fact that you've got to it, – it's more in the timing and how you play your cards and where you play them. Um, how would you balance that or explain that? Um, 
the basically there i think the really really luck part is sometimes you are just stuck without an untimely death and so you're sitting right going, that's true all right what can i do i need to get something so that i can finish this off how can i find an untimely death i don't remember it's been a while since i've played uh, but i think there is a thing where you can just you, you are allowed to discard instead mm-hmm. of uh, playing a card you are allowed to discard a card so if yeah. you're just searching for something you can take your turns to just get rid of cards so that you can draw more cards back up uh, so that that technically is an option for you so you can kind of counterbalance things if you're doing pretty well uh, I mean it's never a bad thing for the most part to play uh, a modifier card you do have plenty of family members so there's never really a point where you're just like god I need to play this untimely death now type of a thing uh, you've yeah. got plenty of people that you've got to kill off and you've also got plenty of other people in other family members that you can make a a benefit to so you're never really sitting there going gosh i really have nothing to do you have something to do you have plenty of cards the only time you really have nothing to do is when you have very few family members left to kill which in that case i think it's it's the game wants you to not have an easy time killing them. That is the point where the other player is going, no, 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 I need to delay this game as much as I can. And the more time it takes you to kill them off, the better. Uh, or the, at least the more time I have to kill my people off with more negative points on them, the better. So I think it's the, the game kind of gears itself in the right way. Right. Right. If it was the entire front of the game is you going, I really have nothing to do. And then the end of the game is like, oh, yeah, I can finish this off. No problem. That would kind of feel way weighted towards the people that got lucky enough. Whereas if it's the other way around, which is the way the game is, uh, it makes it so that you can kind of counterbalance any luck someone had. Because if they're just really lucky in the beginning, it's it's not usually doesn't last. They'd have to be lucky throughout the entire game, uh, which is going to take a little while. So I, I think the luck thing is definitely outweighed by the options that you have yeah. left as the game progresses. Yeah, I'd agree with that too. I, I feel like there is a lot of luck here, but but it is, um, I don't know, it's it's a short game and it's fast-paced and there are a lot of options in each turn. So it never feels like, uh, I mean, there's a good point about the untimely death, but it never really feels like you're kind of stuck in a corner or you're um, only beholden to the luck. There's There's opportunities and strategies to be had despite with with whatever you're getting. Um, okay, great. Let's talk about taking this bad boy out. So uh, Gloom is going to be right... It, it fits great for, for taking out. One of the main reasons is it's all plastic. <laughs> it's plastic cards. <laughs> you couldn't destroy these cards in a with food or liquids if you wanted to. So that is very nice, and they also clean really easily. So it's probably the most durable game we've ever reviewed for taking out in this instance. But Gloom is also great for its its table layout. So on the game in the game, what you're going to have in the center is the draw deck and a discard pile. And then in front of you, you're going to have your amount of family members, however, you're, however many you're playing with. But each family does have five. So it depends on if you want to play with a full complement or do use Alex's tip and kind of eliminate one for a shorter game for each person. And uh, I know some people, uh, to make their own five-player setup in, with the base game without adding any expansions, will take one away from each player in a four-player game and make a new family with those extra uh, cards uh, for oh. the fifth player. So that's one way to do it. And you could also do that with any extension of of, uh, additional players, you know, six, seven. So you could all shrink your families and give those cards to the other people. Uh, Here, one second. I'm sorry. I have to tell Isaac something. 
Where is mom at? She's downstairs, but I need you to write down your password for me. Alright. One second. One second. Um. the laptop? Mm-hmm. For one password. What? 47222, you know what it is? No, one password. Why? I said one password, like the gray thing, like the phone thing. Oh, okay. Remember? So, oh, you want to up, okay. I gotcha. Uh, bip, uh, Washington. Oh. Okay, there you go. Yes. And I tried Washington on accident. I was like, incorrect. It's why. It didn't tell me it was Washington. <sighs> All right. All right. Shut the door on your way out. All right. I'm going to make a note of where to edit. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, what did I? What was I saying? <laughs> you were talking. You were talking about uh, when you play, you can kind of take things out and give the extra family members to other people to make other players. Ah, yes. That's okay. Yeah. We All right. So you can do. So that can be done, of course, to uh, you know any player counts. Um, the fifth player, the sixth player, the seventh player, eighth. If you're crazy. <laughs> I don't know how you'd really get there. Uh, there is a limit to that, of course, but it's another way to expand the game without buying the expansions, and it works well there. Uh, the only other thing you'll have is your hand, and that will be five cards in your hand, and that will be continual throughout the game as you're always drawing back up to that. And that is it. That is Gloom on the Table. So it is a really small game in table space-wise, um, and it is also a game that really is easily to easy to... Um, I guess maneuver around the table. The only caveat here is that unlike other games where there's a central tableau people have to be able to see, people kind of have to be able to see everyone else's family. And so you need they don't they don't need to be like right next to you taking a look at it, but they need enough of a of a glimpse to be able to see whether or not you have um uh, what modifiers you have on your cards. And with beyond that, you can more deeply explain uh, what exactly is going on with each if they want to request you. But they um, they need to be able to kind of loosely see or quickly see the modifiers. The nice thing is is that the modifier, the game, this game design is really well. The iconography and the art is designed really well. So at a glance, you can kind of see which modifiers are on there based on the color that they are. So, you know, positive or negative modifiers will be red, Positive modifiers will be black. Um, the white ones, uh, what are the white ones? Um, I think it's just zeroed out. Yeah, zeroed out, and then there'll be like uh, symbols as well um, in white, also. So it is yeah. really easy to see if they're a net, if they're, not a net, I suppose, but what modifiers are peeking through. And because the cards are um, 
transparent, though if there's white and red on I'm sorry, black and red on cars in a stack on top of a character, those shine through and you can still see them very clearly, which is really really what good in the or cool in the design. So that is offsets the ability to have to be like right next to each other with us, which which is really nice. I have to say they give them real credit here for even coming up with a transparent card and then using it to a full effect in this game. So yeah, Gloom is going to be great. It's going to be an easy uh, uh, game to throw on the table. The vibe of it is really fun. It's silly. It's I think if especially if you do what Alex was suggesting and and really getting into the story of your character as you play events uh, on them or on other people's characters, it's really it's really silly, <laughs> kind of tongue in cheek, dark comedy fun here, and and the vibe reflects that a lot. There's a lot of it's, table it's almost talk like watching the Adams Family. It really, yes, yes, but, but uh, episode where they all die at the end. <laughs> yeah, I never understood that because in the Adam's family, they're all just like, oh, yep, yep, they're dying. They're they want to die. They want to kill each other. They want to commit suicide. Like, but they never actually do. And I'm just like, yeah, it wouldn't be that hard. I don't understand. Do they want to live <laughs> or do they want to die? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's hard to say. They sort of toy with the idea endlessly. <laughs> this one, they're like, no, we want to die. We definitely want to die. <laughs> yes, yes, we, <laughs> and we will make it happen. Um, but yeah, it sounds like such a horrible th- theme, but it is very, very fun and silly, and it, it, the vibe reflects that in a big way. Where it's just a lot of, a lot of fun. So high marks for this one for taking out for sure. Uh, all right, who is it for and who it's not for? It's definitely for anyone who likes card games. This is a very clever, unique card game and uh, does what it does really well. Uh, I think it's definitely for most gamers would really get a kick out of this or be interested in at least trying this. It, if nothing else, because the mechanism of the transparent cards is really well done. They did a great job in coming up with the idea to play this way, but also it works well um, in the in the game. It's very smooth. It's a very smooth mechanism. So uh, I definitely think if you're just curious about a creative mechanism, that's one reason to play. Uh, who it's not for? I don't know. I mean, you kind of mentioned uh, Liz doesn't isn't a big fan of this game, so um, maybe I don't know. What do you, why would you what would you summarize for warnings or uh, reasons why people might not flock to this game? I mean, if you really don't like getting into a theme of something, um, which I mean, take it from me, I I really don't like themes, but I do enjoy this game, uh, but. That you might just know those people. Maybe, maybe you know someone who's just getting way too into theme. I would, uh, <laughs> if I knew those people that like they're like those theater kids where it's just like they get really into it and they never let go, and you're just like, I think you're taking this a bit too far, man. Uh, I might avoid those people. Although maybe if you had just a group of those people and you are one of those people, this would actually be the perfect game for you. Uh, so like, it, there there are trade offs. I think it's really if if you think you would enjoy a cute little game about uh, killing off family members, that is going to be the biggest signal. If you're not a huge fan of that idea, which I don't think my wife is completely sold on that idea, uh, then, yeah, you're probably not going to love this one. But if, if, if you find that little quirkiness of it kind of interesting and cool, I think you're really going to enjoy the game. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I definitely would second all that. Um all right, would your mom like it? What do you think here? I think your mom, hmm, this is a tough one because I think there's aspects of this your mom would really like, but I if there's something about it that sort of makes me think, I don't think this would be her game, mainly because it's not just your own thing. You're also th- playing on other people's, although I bet she would like that, throwing, playing a, making another character happy. 
<laughs> just being like, aha, and the funniness of that. Like, that's a bad thing. You're, I made your crazy clown happy. Now take that. Um, but I don't know. I think the flow of the game and the mechanisms might be not quite her cup of tea because uh, they're not straightforward in a specific way. But I don't know. I'm going to say this is a this is a maybe, just a middle-of-the-road maybe. Not a maybe yes, maybe no, just a maybe. What do you think? I'm going to go no. I think yeah. I think you're right. There are definitely parts, mechanisms that my mom would enjoy in, in other games. But I think, yeah, there's just a bit too much of it happening where – She's not going to be able to go, oh, yeah, this is this is the thing I should do. This is going to be the interesting thing to do. She's going to be like, there's just too much to do. There's too many decisions to make. It's just going to kind of bog her down. And she's just not she's not going to really enjoy it as much as she would another game where it's just like, oh, yeah, this is the cool. This is going to be really cool to do. Whereas this one's more of well, I, that that would be cool, but this could be cool. I don't really know. I'm not really sure. Like, I don't know what the best play is, and her not knowing what the best play is is going to ruin the game for her. Yeah. So I think this is a definite no. There's a lot yeah. of lot of options, and she just doesn't want to have to bog down, bog herself down with making that that type of decision. Oops, <laughs> a little alarm go off. Um, yeah, no, I I could totally see that, and uh, so that that's another. Another clarifier if you are just like really basic games, but I, I don't know. Everyone else I feel like is really going to glom onto this. Yeah. Bloom on. Um, uh, let's see. All right. What am I missing? What am I missing here? I, I, we did it in order and it always throws me. You, you almost did it in order other than the proper intro you did. It in order. Yes. Yeah. I screwed that up, but. Uh, but no, that is that is Gloom. So Gloom is a really great game. It's got a easy to get to the table, easy to pick up, easy to teach, easy to. Um, uh, you know, pack up and put away. Yeah. <laughs> it's got all the stuff that's that's really easy for takeout. And, and I should mention uh, that there are, as we we kind of brought it up a few times, there are a few expansions to this. Uh, mm. There's actually, I think they made a second edition of this. So if you go out to go and find it, you'll probably just see the second edition. Which I'm not really sure what's quite different. I think they just improved a few little tweaks here and there. Uh, the expansions, the two, I actually have two of the expansions, which is the. Uh, unhappy homes and unwelcome guests unhappy homes actually adds another character to your family that is a house um it seems weird to kill a house but you can do it uh there there are only certain modifiers that you can play they're like these blue ones that add mystery to it and you can only play them at certain times and it also allows you to prevent someone else from playing an untimely death which can extend the game but chances are there are very few of those cards so you're not going to be wasting too many of them they're really more of a oh if they do that that's that's going to end it so i really need to use that in those cases so kind of gives you an extra out uh, to kind of slow down the game when you need it to because you're going to lose if you don't type of a thing. And then the unwelcome guests, uh, they add just these kind of roving guests. Uh, they are cards that get added to families. They're technically played in the center of the table, but as soon as certain cards get played on different family members, they will move around. Uh, so there are certain ones where it's like, oh, as soon as someone plays uh, a card that has a bat symbol on it, it's going to go to the person who last played a bat or it's going to go to the last person who killed somebody and so they will kind of move around and any modifier cards that are on them will move with them and they will keep moving until they get killed so there are some times where you're just like I just don't want that character because they have this kind of boon to them that slows me down or maybe like no I want to get that character because I can definitely kill them off and that's going to get me a few extra points which is kind of an interesting thing to do with the mechanic I kind of like I'm I much prefer the um, the unwelcome guests to the uh, unhappy homes. Unhappy homes is 
it's an it's an okay expansion. I really, if you're gonna get an expansion, I would go with uh, uh, Unwelcome Guests. And I know there are a few other uh, one-off uh, games. I think there's a Cthulhu Gloom that's out there. So if you much prefer uh, the Cthulhu theme, you can probably do the Cthulhu Gloom. I don't think it's compatible. It may be, but I wouldn't bother trying to mix them together. They, uh, I think it fits in its own world. So. Yeah, yeah. I think it's yeah. <laughs> it's definitely it's its own thing. It's be sort of weird to have uh, <laughs> Cthulhu show up in your house. <laughs> He's just part of a family. Um, yeah, no, I have not played with any of the expansions, but I I think I I, well, I do want to pl- try them out. But I think I would, but I will might pick up Unwelcome Guests just because it looks it does look a little fun. And after you've had this game for a while, you've kind of played the game. And so it's like at this point I've played it a while and then kind of, kind of coming back to it right now. And I, it's nice coming back to it, but it's one of those games where, um, you know, little other games sort of take over the, the, the zone of that it is as a filler game in between game groups. But it is a game I love having back when it becomes to, uh, comes close to Halloween time again. And this time of year in the fall, for some reason, of course, it's a little, de- <laughs> it's getting darker, a little depressing. So it's nice to uh, play a game like this. that sort of, tongue-in-cheek takes it head-on um all right let's see guys so i think that does it it gloom is a really great game it's definitely a recommend from us to check out it's a pretty fun little takeout game that's going to fit a lot of the needs of a takeout game and uh yeah we are going to try to do some rhyming now (laughs) all right great this one should be easy so a previous episode we were recording and we did this this horribly few rhymes and my wife was listening and immediately texted me like seven rhymes <laughs> right away and i was just I was embarrassed about how bad we were after <laughs> yeah. that where i'm just like oh man i should have said that that would have been a great one but i know yeah. just easy the easy pressure ones. it's the pressure that it's really got to us pressure you guys it's just how this high pressure pot boiling over like scenario we've got right here all right what gloom come on that's an easy one oom we can do this all right but first of course we have to give our projections which is the worst part that's the pressure as we've got to give ourselves pressure <laughs> i think if we, we didn't get. give i think if we didn't say the number we would do so much better but as soon as we add that number then then that pressure is there <laughs> probably all right i'm gonna say 10 i think we can get to 10 i'm gonna throw a big a double digits up there I'm going to be a bit more pessimistic. I'm going to go eight. Okay. I'm, still going, I'm still going higher than we normally all right. do. All right. All right. All right. Um, all right. And then the rules are if you – I'm going to institute a timing rule. So if you have to s- wait more than three seconds to create a rhyme, uh, you've ended it. We, we have to stop there. Unless someone else can right. – and then uh, the other thing too is are we uh, – we have to bounce back and forth. So we can't just – one of us can't just take it off and go. This is a team commitment. All right. So, uh, you ready? Yep. Okay, here we go. Gloom, broom. Uh, I'm going to go with doom. Uh, zoom. Uh, flume. Flume. Oh, good one. Uh, shroom. Ooh. Uh, oh, uh, plume. Oh. oh, good one. That was right at the wire. <laughs> <laughs> um i uh oh shoot i had one then a bloom do we say bloom already no we didn't bloom okay bloom we're at seven come on one more <laughs> loom <sighs> oh good one um okay let's see uh oh why am i blanking on this i feel like these are so easy uh uh-oh, uh-oh. 
Uh, I don't got oh, it. I don't got it. Well, guess what? I was right. We got to eight. <laughs> yes, we did. Hooray! Broom, doom, zoom, flume, shroom, plume, bloom, and loom. <laughs> well, at least we got to our goal. Like, I'm happy with that. So... <laughs> Oh man, I hate being the one last one though. I'm always, like, always like, don't screw this up, don't screw this up for everybody. You're gonna ruin it for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to be the guy that screws it up. I don't want to be the guy that screws it up. <laughs> and I was. Oh well. All right. Well, hey everybody, if you want to get a hold of us, you can do that in a couple different ways. You can go to our Twitter and Instagram at Chits and Chat. You can also go to our podcast hosting page eavesdrop.com scroll down to the chits and chat page and fill out our comment form there we'd love to hear from you and uh, yeah hope you guys are getting some games played and we'll catch you all on the next episode bye